Rafford throws near side. Cooper Cup. Cup inside the 20. And then finally brought down by Marco Wilson. On the 25, Stafford going deep, looking for Cup. He's got it. Still getting out. Third down and eight, 10 play of the drive. End zone, touchdown, Cooper Cup. On the toss, Williams from the Cardinals 42. Williams, first down, still going. Hey guys, welcome to another East Coast Rams podcast. I am your host, Ashton, with my awesome co-host here, Zach. Uh, you know, victory tastes a little bit sweeter with a victory ginger ale. I always got to do this when we win. Mm. Zach, how are you doing on uh, this beautiful victory? I guess victory Tuesday, but uh, victory nonetheless. Yeah, recording this on a Tuesday. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm happy we won. Uh, I I kind of told you uh, right before we started. Did not was not happy going into the halftime. They decided finally that they were going to make second half adjustments, which they haven't done since week one. Um, and they did it, and we got a victory. Uh, got a complete shutout. So that was awesome. Um, so doing well. But we got we got a lot of news to break down. A lot of stuff has happened over the last forty eight hours. Yes, a lot to break down. Um, we could have two podcasts on the game itself because they're two different teams played uh, in both halves. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But Zach, uh, let's go down all this news because the Rams were so nice and waited until uh, we were going to record to do a bunch of moves. Yeah, we, uh, we got a lot going on. Uh, let's talk about the first thing. Um, kind of the big thing on the defensive side is that DK, Darion Kendrick, was arrested um, sometime early Monday morning around 2 a.m. Um, haven't said much other than it was a traffic violation, and then they found weed and, uh, and a concealed gun in his vehicle. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of gun. Hasn't said. Um, but that is that Sean McVay has come out and said he needs to wait for all the details to come in. They're still gathering the information. Uh, no decision has been made of his status for week seven and beyond. Um, probably we'll hear something tomorrow on Wednesday. I believe that's when Sean McVay will give his update, not only on this situation, but some of the other situations that are going on on the injury side of things. Any reactions to the, to the DK arrest so i think it's a lot of we need to wait and see uh kind of get more information about what exactly happened uh not a lot of people know that and i think people instantly there are a lot of people especially on rams twitter that hate dk and have a lot of reason to jump on this instantly and you know he's a kid uh you got to remember these athletes come into a lot of money. They're 20, 21, 22 years old. Um, that doesn't mean what he did was right, but that means uh, young people do stupid stuff and make mistakes. And some of us get away with them. Some of us don't. And uh, hopefully what he did, he can learn from and uh, change from 
on the football side of things. I think you have to separate the personal and the football and uh, whether he's putting the work in or not. And now the personal affects the football most of the time. So if that starts affecting his football, I'm sure the Rams are going to make adjustments and they're a very culture-like team. You've seen players get pushed out because uh, they don't buy into the culture. I don't think this necessarily means instantly he's not a fit for the culture and people jumping and being happy that a kid is getting arrested, I think is a little, I don't know. I think it's a little bit much just because you don't like a player for his plays. Yeah. I think we need to find out all the information. Obviously um, uh, in California, it is not illegal to have marijuana. Um, It is not illegal to own a firearm. So you really got to figure out all the details before we can make kind of any assumptions as far as that. As far as DK's performance, I do agree that we need to completely separate those. But his on-field performance has not been stellar. Um, yeah, he's been he's been pretty good when it comes to, you know, protecting the ball or protecting in the pass um, game. But, you know, he's made a lot of mistakes. He's been very f- animated, uh, been very fiery on the field. Um, and that's something that the Rams are usually pretty good about, kind of keeping – restrained and things like that he's had a lot of penalties on him so from the football side of things I, I get, do see where fans are kind of getting a little upset um, even my wife who you know is not as adamant of a football fan just doesn't really like the attitude that she's seeing on the field he's overly aggressive especially and definitely in this last Cardinals game he was overly aggressive a lot in that second half um, and it's just stuff that I feel like again that culture that you were mentioning the Rams don't really like to have bad and kind of this bad negative feelings into this and hopefully they could figure out and get this turned around. But like you said, I think for the other thing, for the arrest and kind of how we see him uh, being on this team, like Sean McVay said, we need to have all the information before we make a final judgment. We are not judge, judge, jury, and executioner. We, we should get all the facts and, you know, presumed innocent until proven otherwise. So uh, I'll leave it at that unless you have anything else you want to add about that. No, I, I think people, are judging him again i've said this on this podcast a few times i i know he's not a top 10 cornerback in the league and i think people are judging him uh against the scale jalen ramsey against number one wide receivers and i think that's unrealistic expectation and i think that's why fans are getting irritated they got spoiled with what three four years of jalen ramsey and now they're expecting a kid in his second year to live up to th- that expectation against number one wideouts. Like, and, <clears throat> yeah, let's be fair. Jalen Ramsey had, a, he, I mean, he had, he had a toot, he had an attitude, uh, but it was, I don't know. I guess, I guess fans maybe just, he was so good that people looked over it and he, they looked past the mistakes, the flags and things like that too. So again, we gotta, we gotta give DK some time and figure this stuff out, but I do hopefully want to see a little bit more of a, um, you know, a better attitude on the field and yeah. less handsy uh, with those penalties because he is costing the defense. He has cost the defense to continue to stay on the field and has cost them a couple of points in the, in the, in the long run. Um, but let's get into the biggest news um, of the last 48 hours. Um, and that is us losing not one, but two running backs um, yeah. and potentially for a few weeks. Um so after Kyron Williams had a stellar, absolute stellar performance um, on Sunday against Arizona, um, came to 
came to be now injured with an ankle sprain, um, initially reported as he was just going to make week seven. But as Sean McVay in his last presser yesterday, um, that it looks like he and Ronnie Rivers will be out for a period of time. Ronnie Rivers um, looks like he's going to be out for a knee injury. Uh, so looking about four to five weeks, probably being put on short-term IR. What is your initial reaction to this news? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little unfortunate, uh, especially after Kyron has such a great game. And we'll go into that a little bit later, specifically Kyron himself. Um, but you have to adjust the NFL this year, especially has been very injury bugged. A lot of, a lot of people have been going down. If you pay attention to fantasy at all, you know, like running backs are dropping like flies and, um, uh, teams are going to have to adjust. And I think the two replacements that we picked up, uh, make sense. Uh, they're, not world beaters, uh, but again, uh, it's already five, six games into the season. You're not going to find the cream of the crop right now. Um, it's a little unfortunate. We just trade Cam Akers, but, you know, I feel like even if they knew this was coming, they were still fine with that move. Uh, so, you know, uh, let's talk about uh, two guys picked up, Zacco. What's your reaction to the to these injuries and Miles Gaskins being signed off of the uh, practice squad of Minnesota and bringing back Daryl Henderson. No, I think these are two great moves. Um, one, you have Daryl Henderson, who was a former Ram, really, I think, got pushed out because of the whole Cam Akers situation. Um and now that that part is removed, bringing him back just makes sense. He's a veteran player, played for the Rams, knows the playbook, understand the calls and what he's asked to do. Um, and I, I think that's a smart move. Um, and then again, bringing in more depth in Miles Gaskin. Again, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a big follower of the Dolphins, so this is probably more your realm since you, you know, you and your brother-in-law talk about them all the time. Um, but from the stats that we do have, um, he seems like he is a kind of an, you know, a little bit of an equal to what Darrell Henderson brought a little bit. Um, and we could kind of go through those specs. Uh, I'll let you go through Miles Gaskell, Gaskin. Um, but for Darrell Henderson, I mean, they were both with the same team for the same period of time. Um, Darrell Henderson was with the Rams from 2019 to 2022. And then uh, Gaskin was with the Dolphins from 2019 to 2022, and then was with the practice squad for the uh, Vikings this year. But Darrell Henderson played 50 games, uh, uh, rushed for 396 times, 1,742 yards, 13 rushing touchdowns, um, and then averaging 4.4. Is that right? Averaging 4.4 yards per carry? Uh, yes. Darrell Henderson for rushing averaged 4.4. And for receiving, he averaged around 7.2. And so he had a total of 17 total touchdowns between rushing and uh, receiving touchdowns uh, in that short period of time. And let's also remember that he didn't, I mean, if you go back and look, like he really just played the last kind of two years um, and then kind of was, again, one of those fallback pieces because of his rookie uh, his rookie deal. So, um, 
you know, he was a stud last year. He he was always a performer. We could always rely on Henderson to to play, participate, get the yards that we need. Um, he was always good for that extra four yards, you know, the four and push to get that extra one or two yards in there um, and get us that first down. So he was always just a consistent running back. He wasn't, he did never had the big splashes. He never had the big, you know, 10, 15, 20 yard bursts. Uh, but when you needed that four five, six yards, Daryl Henderson was always the person who you could rely on to get those yards and move the chains. Uh, yeah, Miles Gaskin, they both have very similar stat lines. Me and you were talking about this a little bit before we, uh, came on air. Uh, so Miles Gaskins, uh, has seven rushing touchdowns, six, uh, receiving touchdowns. Uh, so totaling over, uh, what, uh, probably 13, so similar amount of touchdowns. Um, his rushing is 3.8 yards per carry, uh, so a little bit less than Henderson. And his uh, receiving per reception is 6.9, so again, a little bit less than um, than Henderson. But let me remind people, during the time that he played for the Dolphins, it wasn't this new-look offense outside of a little bit of last year when he was starting to lose the starting uh, role to Mostert. Uh, his first two years when he was uh, around in that backfield as a committee, uh, the Dolphins had a atrocious offensive line. I'm talking about bottom 10 in the league. I don't think they were definitely the worst. Uh, so my brother-in-law is a big Dolphins fan, so I do try to catch their games from time to time. Out of the AFC, they're probably my most watched team. Again, it's not a whole lot. I maybe watch five, six games a season. So I got to see a good amount of Gaskins, and I I liked him. Again, it's he's not Derrick Henry, uh, and he's – He's not a world beater, but he's a solid back. And uh, I really thought he didn't get a lot of chance chances on Dolphins, especially with a bad O-line. And by time they got a better O-line, they already were bringing in backs like Mostert and other people to fill in, and they kind of gave up on him. Uh, so this is a guy who hasn't got a lot of chances to be starting back, and I hope he gets the chance here and shows what he can do uh, with our O-line, which I think when our O-line's healthy, I do think they're a good rushing. They haven't been the best this year, but they're nowhere near as bad as that Dolphins O-line was whenever he was starting for him. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the running back room now. So with, uh, with Kyron, Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers down, we're left with Zach Evans um, and Royce Freeman. Uh, both two capable backs, and I do think that this is going to be Zach Evans' uh, chance to to win the the lead spot, and I think he will try to get that lead spot um, going into Week Seven. Um, he's he's you know he's a rookie. He came from uh, TCU, was in the sixth round pick with, from the Rams. Um, you know we don't have a whole lot on him in his NFL debut because really he only played a four snap or four. Um, four rushing attempts for 10 yards uh, in this game against the Cardinals when Ronnie Rivers went down and then Kyron Williams also needed uh, needed a break. So 
don't have a lot, but if you look back at his time at, um, he was at Ole Miss in 2022. My apologies. But when you look at that, he rushed for 93, 936 yards, nine touchdowns um, on 144 attempts. Um, so are you worried about his fumbling issue? Apparently he's been having in practice. Yeah. And I, you know, that, 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 that is worrisome. Um, and obviously if, uh, the Rams were super confident, they may have only picked up one additional back, but they did end to go with two. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams decided to activate all four, um, for this game. Um, but in reality, I do think at, at, obviously at minimum, it's going to be three. If, if I'm the one to pick, it's going to be Evans Freeman, um, and, uh, Henderson, um, only just because it's going to be a quick turnaround. Um, Henderson already knows, like I said, Henderson knows the playbook. He knows what Sean McVay is asking for and the play calling. Um, so I don't think that's going to be much of a curve, but I do think having Gaskin come in, I don't know if he's going to be quite ready to go. He well, may. Don't forget he's coming from Minnesota, which uh, Aiden O'Connell is from the McVay tree. So there's going to be, it's not like he's completely in the dark. Sure, sure. But he's only been with that team for a short period of time as well and was on the practice squad, not really getting first man reps, things like that. So again, I, I, I don't disagree with your point, but I definitely think that he's probably going to be RB4. Um, out, like just if you think about that order, I think that's what, what the Rams are going to look like, in my opinion. I, I think out of all our backs, the most potentially explosive is Gaskins. Um, that's who I'm picking up personally in fantasy uh out of this to potentially come out uh the the one thing that i will say kind of like maybe to end this segment of the running back room is that the rams just the rams have to run the ball and i said this last week i keep posting this they they can't just because they both kyron williams and ronnie rivers are down and they're kind of on rb3 rb4 and now five and six like they have to still give it a chance. I, I went through all six weeks of the game and broke it down, um, their statistics. And the only time the, – the team that won was the team that had parity with its running game, the closest to parity for its running game and its passing game. The ones who were closest to the 50% mark in every single game of the first six weeks won the game. And the ones that we did not do the, the our best at on offense was the ones where we were up almost 70% passing to less than 30% rushing. I, I mean, there is a lot of context that goes into those numbers, right? Like situations, downs, uh, flags. Uh, so, but like- if you it, but you can go through this, and it, it and it, it's just it's funny because, like I said, I think the same way. Like I was thinking the same way, but it, possession. The Rams had more possession um, against the 49ers, but we still lost. Should have lost by ten, but you know McVay and the field goal thing. Um, and then what was the other one? Um, it, like if I, I was going through and trying to find exactly what you were saying, like there's that situational awareness. It's just so crazy that every game, the team that won was the team that was closest to that 50% mark. And the times that we blew it were the times that we had a, a, an out of whack performance where it was 70, 30 or 70 plus 30, 
you know, under 30. Well, yeah, because we're playing, especially against the Eagles and uh, 49ers, they're ball possession teams. And yeah, when they the get Rams- a lead, they can sit on it and have long drives. The problem is the defense giving up third and longs and not being able to get off the field. And so when they finally get off the field, the offense has to rush and that inconsistency mixed with the run game. Like I, I know the same I'm time- little against the curve uh, with people arguing for the run game. And I think that is a legitimate argument for why we lost the Cincy game. And I think it's a legitimate argument for why uh, we struggled a lot in Indy. I, I agree with those two games. You don't think that's why we struggled in the – and we'll get to the Cardinals game in a minute, but, like, you, you, that's not why we struggled with the Cardinals in the first half because we didn't uh, run the ball? So I, we had a lot of drops. We had a lot of drops in the – like, if – We'll if talk we about caught, it in a few. Yeah, yeah, so. we'll talk about it in a few. But I think – there's layers to this. I think it's a legitimate argument to say that McVeigh doesn't run or stay consistent with it. Yes, I agree with that. But I think people are lacking the context of sometimes defenses are uh, stacking the box, asking for you to pass, and that's when we execute. And our execution has been off. Uh, there's times where we had plays and people are open, and uh, you know, one of the games, Stafford was just a little off with those throws. Every other game has been the wide receivers haven't made the plays exactly the way they need to inconsistently. Well, so, we, we we know McVay is a run. They're going to be a they're going to be a pass first team no matter what. That's just what they are, and that's how they. But it just it feels like when you give the the run a chance, it gives Stafford a break. He's not always under pressure. He's not always the one who has to be the playmaker. Um, it and and we even saw in in this last in the press conference after the game, Sean McVay was like, "Yeah, we need to just you know not always just let the defense dictate what we do on offense. We need to let our offense dictate what the defense is going, to, how the defense should protect against uh, their offense. Yeah, so but- even McVay kind of noticed that. I think that he's trying to play protective, and he needs to not do that. He needs to he needs to play a little bit more aggressive. No. I kind of take issue with the fact that people have to realize going into this game, we're in the bottom 10 of teams for rushing yards per attempt. And then you have to also add, yes, Williams had a really good second half of last week's game, but you can't just take one half of one game and instantly say, and erase the rest of the games and how mediocre a rushing game has been up to this point. And you got to take that in context with what defenses are trying to do to you. And I understand you can't fully give up on it, uh, but it's been so bad that we can't rely on it. Uh, and it's kind of costed us at situations. Now the but passing you know- game hasn't helped either. But if you know you're passing it every single time, it's going to make the defense know what you're going to do and be easier to defend to not even give it a chance, which in the three games that they kind of, kind of refuse to do it, it just doesn't, it just allows the defense to kind of play what they want to do. Um, but same case, if you get only one yard on first down and then you're in that passing situation, second and third down, I mean, it's same as that. I don't know. I'm looking at the statistics. I feel like the Rams should look at the statistics. And when, like I said, when, 
based on the and we'll, I'll keep going and we'll keep looking at this throughout the year. But the team that has the most parity and you and you even see it like if we when we look at this Cardinals game, the first half was 70 30 in pat in favor of the pass game. In the second half, it was 70-30 in favor of the run game. But at the end well, of the game, at the end of the at the end, those actually parodied themselves, and you were at a 46 to 53 percentage for the pass and the run. And but that was the team that had more parity of the pass and run. Well, but it wasn't parody until they got the lead. It was parody because they started running out the clock. Well, the, here's they, the thing. they weren't when you're, getting the yards running. The Rams play like they're behind when they're down by three or they're they're It's zero, zero or they're tied. They always feel like they have to play catch up when they are not even yes. oh, they're They're less than a possession away from tying or going over and being in the lead. So that frustrates frustrates me a little bit because, again, I feel like once when you play from behind, you have to pass the ball. And if you're only down by three, you're not really playing from behind especially when you're in the first half so again we'll 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 move on because i know we'll, we'll talk about this game the the cardinals game because again i was a little frustrated in the first half and i brought a little bit on right now um just two other quick notes um sean mcveigh said on the sean mcveigh show yesterday um that uh that the news that he was not going to be at the rams game was a little bit overhyped um that they do as their current baby plan goes. And we'll talk about that in here in a second, but um, he does not plan on missing any Rams games. Um, assuming they probably have some sort of um, inducement date, things like that. So they're, they're planning on a date for, for when his wife uh, Veronica is going to actually be induced. Plans can change. Um, I know lots of people out there have mentioned, you know, the baby comes when they want to come. I can tell you I've had four kids. Um, all of them were late. All of them we scheduled for um, an induction. Only one of them um, came when they wanted to, but it was on the day of the induction anyway. So it was kind of crazy like that. So we'll see. Um, Raheem Morris will be taking the head coaching role. We kind of got clarity of that uh, closer when it came to this Sunday, but if Sean McVay isn't there, we'll get Raheem Morris as the head coach. Michael Floor will be calling the offensive plays. Thoughts about that? Good? I mean, I don't have children, so all I know is uh, babies pop out when they want to, and you got to deal with it, and that's life. That and life. Uh, hopefully uh, the future head coach of the Rams in 20 years uh, can come nice no health complications and, and uh you know we'll i don't know if, ready. yeah i don't know if you watch the coach mcveigh show it's fascinating you always kind of learn a mm-hmm. little bit n- new things about sean mcveigh it i kind of got the vibe he wants to stay around for a longer they were talking about him being like the coach of the the flag football um in 2028 and he's like i plan on being the head coach of the rams and like i think that's a missed thing that people caught like it's it things can change, but it kind of just sounds like he plans on being there for at least a, a, longer than I think most people expect. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it it's always it's situational, but he's having fun this year. He's having fun, and um, I think the only year that did show me that like 
if the situation gets bad enough because of life and stuff, not really like uh, because I think he's a bad person or anything like that. Uh, but he went through a lot personally last year and he was very clearly someone going through a, a rough, rough time in life, which everyone goes through. Uh, I, I think it's fair to understand he could take a break from the team at any point. And uh, I think fans just have to learn to accept that he's young uh, he has a lot of life ahead of him, and I hope he stays with the Rams for the next 30 years. I think that would be a very successful 30 years, Zach. Uh, but, you know, he controls that, and uh, I think he's going to stay as long as he's having fun and being uh, interested in football. And he's such a football nerd. Uh, I definitely understand that from like a personal passion point of view like i have a lot yeah. of passion about writing code i'm a software developer so like when you get nerding out about stuff like uh, it keeps you going and uh i don't think that passion is gonna die anytime soon yeah i just thought it was fascinating because it was just kind of like no one really brought that part up like they were just asking hey would you coach the u.s flat football and he was like oh no he's just like not realizing if it would conflict. And he's like, I just plan on being the Rams head coach for a long time. So it was just kind of like this natural, like rebuttal that he had, not something that seemed forced because he was being pressed about like, you know, broadcast job or blah, 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 blah. So it was just, like I said, fascinating. Um, last big news before we'll talk about, well, not really big news, but just highlight that just came up. John Rodriguez posted um, on X that, the Rams send notice to the season ticket holders that prices will increase from 2024. Um, apparently they've been frozen over the last three seasons, keeping the range from 600 to uh, 3750. And according to the team, it will rise from to 720 to uh, $4,050. Um, so price increase coming to those who live in the, the LA area who purchased season tickets. I know a lot of fans are really mad about this because the cost is already so high um, of all of the, those who do buy season tickets, they sell them to non Rams fans. Um, and that's just how they get it. It is what it is. We've been talking about the whole SoFi stadium being overtaken by uh, well-traveled teams. Don't see that, how that's going to be, how that's going to change anytime soon. Uh, yeah, I, I do think the cost a little high. I think it's very clear this team expects to have a really huge push, regardless of what happens this year, push, uh, for a Super Bowl run, uh, next year. Uh, I think this team is good enough to compete in the playoffs, uh, but they're going to spend a lot of cap space, Zach, in free agency, and I think we could see them make some moves. Uh, so, yeah, in a f first round pick and the first time in a century, it feels like. Uh, so it makes sense why they're pushing up the price. I do think it's too expensive and um, they should do some discounts for local uh, local residents. I really do. Uh, it kind of annoyed me when the GM and like McVeigh are like, oh, yeah, it, we're happy uh, we finally saw the fans out and stuff. It's like, yeah, because you guys set the prices so high and sell them to all these ticketing sites that just gouge uh, away fans. And like, I mean, I mean, it, I don't think I, I don't think Ticketmaster, I mean, 
they don't really have a choice. I think the NFL kind of they set the price of the tickets, but they don't set the price. They don't set the contracts with Ticketmaster and the fees that Ticketmaster charges and um, those things. Oh, they do. Me, they do the set the base price. price is expensive. It is. I don't disagree with you. Don't disagree with you at all of that. So that's something they can't adjust. Uh, but let's go ahead and start talking about the actual game, the Cardinals versus the uh, L.A. Rams. Uh, Rams won 20, uh, 26 to nine. Um, so we're super excited about that. First half was very rocky. Um, didn't look really good. Our defense looked pretty solid, but our offense just couldn't get their act together. Um, and then in the second half, they made some really good adjustments, decided that the, the offensive line pretty much decided that they were going to want, they wanted to run the ball and that's what they did. And, very successful that in the second half. Yeah, another uh, two halves uh, type of game. I think it's a little frustrating as fans that we can't get two consistent halves of football on either side of the ball. But, you know, um, this is a young team. We keep on talking about needing patience, that uh, they're going to be growing all year. I think this could be a very scary team, Zach, when they put it all together. And it feels like they're so close to big plays. They're so close to being excellent. And they put it together from time to time, but they don't consistently through do it for most of the game. It's like we are the ones shooting ourselves in the foot uh, most of these games. Yeah. I would say the only game that was kind of where we – we lost it because the other team just won. It was the Eagles. Uh, but I, I really do think with the Bengals and with the 49ers, we lost those games because we didn't, we didn't execute correctly uh, for four quarters. And when we do, and I think that's coming. I really do. Uh, we, this could be a team that gets hot. The schedule is getting easier. You got winnable games against top or, against decent teams that if we can and we can put together some wins and these rookies can put together some consistency oh zach this this team can be a handful for whoever gets them in the wild card yeah but we got it we got to fix some things up and like you know i mentioned and we kind of ranted about it already earlier is that they just have to continue just with what's working. And again, I, I get it. We have Cooper cup. We have Puka Nakua. We have Matthew Stafford. We have a good O line um, and we should be able to throw the ball. But when that's not working, we need to be able to switch things up and try running the ball. Um, we saw that in the first half um, in the first half. Um, we couldn't convert a third down. Um, we were O for five in third down conversions. We only had for, four first down conversions um had some beautiful plays i mean cooper cup had over 100 yards in the first half alone um and a lot of it was that you know kind of that 50 yarder you know towards the end um, of the first half but you know we just we just really couldn't get anything moving um him stafford and was, uh, stafford were off too that was an off game for him I, and stafford he I missed know. two touchdowns to cup yeah i mean and uh, did get the one, which very, very happy about. Um, but again, they decided to only, they only ran the ball three times. They had, so they had, uh, what was it? 18 plays. And so they were 83% um, passing. They did try um, some screens 
in they the did. on McVeigh a little bit. They did try screens, which are love in the screens. pick runs. Sure. Yeah, and screen execution was slightly better than last few weeks. Still not good. Uh, still not getting a lot of yards. And did you notice, Zach? I don't know if you noticed this, but instead of having Tutu do a lot of the motion this game, they were trying to do Puka, which I thought was an interesting wrinkle. Interesting. It, yeah. You probably didn't just notice to, that. They were trying that, to change things up. Yeah, and trying to change tendencies. And I don't think it worked. Honestly, I think Tutu is better as the motion man because of his speed and them like having to move safety help over to Tutu or he's going to get gash you deep. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, we kind of look at some of the other stats. Matthew Stafford, he had a good, good game. He didn't, he only threw for 20, he only threw for 24 times. Um, should 15, have three touchdowns. Should have. Um you know, he had 15 uh, completions, 226 yards, average 9.4 uh, per attempt, um, one touchdown. Uh, he he was sacked three times, which is never good. Uh, all of those, I believe, came in the first half. I don't think he mm-hmm. was touched in the second half. Um, had a rating of 107.3. So he he had a he had a he had a good game. Other, I mean, those sacks, but you know, that's more the offensive line not being able to protect him. Um, than anything yeah a um, lot of drops a lot of drops this game in some beautiful like that past the cup like that's nearly perfect it could have been probably a little bit further out but man sure i mean even such even, a dime for the even the puka touchdown like that should have been a puka touchdown um steve avila did work to on on that one guy uh coming up and uh that should have been a touchdown couldn't and get we've seen puka catch like I feel like this is like rookie jitters for Puka. Like he's going to have drops every so often that like, you know, he can catch because he's caught a lot harder balls, but like he's overthinking it. Like he, it's not ingrained in him. He's still trying to get used to the NFL speed, but I think next year, like I I don't expect to see Puka drop a lot of those, Uh, but you know, you're going to have to go through growing pains. That's that, consistency we're talking about like i don't think he's doing it on purpose i just think it's jitters and eventually they'll get used to the speed and being in the game and it'll be second nature yep agree um as far as the receivers go uh cooper cup was the lead receiver once again this is not something that we should be super surprised at um with seven reception 148 yards which again 101 of those came in the first half alone um, he also got the, he did get a touchdown. Um, and he also got that 49 yard long one to get us the three points before going into the half. Um, Puka, he came in second with four. So, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty good. I still think, you know, seven to four for Puka and, and cup. Um, that means we're still kind of, it's pretty even when it comes to that goes, uh, but he only had 26 yards. Um, big surprise is Tutu Atwell only was, had one target. Um, or one reception, I'm sorry, uh, for 30 yards. Um, so he's, he had a big chunk play, um, but just not getting uh, the looks over Cooper Cup and Puka. But when they changed to running the ball, that happens. Yeah, I, I definitely think with the wide receiving game, uh, that's going to be one of those, I think Puka and Cup are going to start having back and forth with better games and stuff like that, depending on defense, the coverages, and situations. 
but I really look at them as 1A and 1B. I know a lot of people are kind of freaking out because of the fantasy aspect of a down game for Puka, but I think it was uh, what the defense was uh, dictating because uh, they weren't respecting Cup. You put a linebacker on the triple crown winner from just two years ago, That is, <sighs> that's just disrespect, Zach. And I saw a lot of – You're going to get burned. Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw a lot of one-on-ones with Cup and then doing two-on-ones with Puka. Like, That's not, so ridiculous. Not sure. I mean, again, I I, I get – I kind of get it. You, you're still thinking that maybe Cooper Cup – but, I mean, Cooper Cup had an excellent performance against the Eagles. Like, you should know that this was going to happen. But, again, this is a Cardinals team whose defense is kind of not super stellar right now. So, this – we should have expected what we saw in the second half pretty much in the first half too um, and didn't. Um, but let's go to our rushing game because that's the one we we, we mentioned a little bit. Uh, yeah. Kyron Williams, 20 carries, uh, 158 yards, averaging 7.9 per carry, got his one touchdown, which everyone and their brother, except for the person who literally was watching the ball in front of them, knew that it was a touchdown of the ref. Um knew that it was a touchdown and man did that did that stadium get electric when they all saw that on the big um on the big oculus up at the top uh but he just he just performed well and just to see him become injured after that is just it's, it's kind of disappointing uh yeah i'm still not fully sold on Kyron as a lead back but he's starting to convert convert me some. Um, I, I think he's very good on outside zone runs. Uh, but down the middle, I still have a little hesitation that he can do that. Again, it's one half of a good performance uh, against the Cardinals. And I think people have to you know, just measure their expectation because our ground game for most of the season has been terrible in between the 20 yard lines. Uh, it, we're good in the red zone. I, I I won't disagree that he's amazing in the red zone. He knows how to find the end zone. He's very, very good at that. But when it comes to running down the field, that first drive coming out of half has been the only drive this season we've been able to run at will against the team. Sure. I mean, I don't, I don't, other than maybe one other game that I remember, they don't really give it a chance. Um, I, I kind of want to go back and kind of look at that because those chunk plays, I mean, it wasn't just, it was all running big chunk plays like seven, eight, and then a 20 yarder then like five, then another 12, something like that. And yeah. So yeah. So 17, six, 14, 10, six, two, six, uh, minus one. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of big chunks in there, but I, I'm just glad that when they did get just get a two that they didn't give up after that, they tried again just to see if this was a fluke or not. And it, and it ended up, being successful so that's that's just all i want to see is i don't want to see them just i feel like mcveigh just sometimes just gives up on it because it wasn't working that one or two times um and just not wanting to go back to it unless unless necessary um that's just again 
we can, I've already tooted that horn. I'm not going to keep beating it over the head. I think Kyron Williams has proven himself. This is his second um, over a hundred uh, yard gain that he's had. Um, and he's been averaging for the most part, or he's been averaging 4.7 this season, which is again, really good um, for a team who doesn't run the ball as often as they should. Um, so I've been, I'm happy. I'm happy with his performance. He seems like he's a good player. He seems like he's willing to put in the work, um, good atmosphere, good personality to be around. So I'm, I'm hopeful that he, this injury doesn't last too long. And so that we can get him back out, um, and see what he really can show, um, and show that this is not a, a fluke scenario. Yeah. And some really good pass blocking by him to this game, some solid pass blocking. Yeah, and uh, I think that's the thing. I th- I think he's been like overall, he's been a pretty good at all three areas. He's been good at the pass block. He's been good at the receiving. He's been good at the rushing. You know, I think he's, he's had, great at the receiving. Fantastic. Yeah, he's he only had really that one bad game against Cincinnati, um, where he he had a couple of those drops. But like, I I one hundred percent agree with you. I think he's he's done the admiral job of any running back who is a triple threat. Um, he may not always have the big yards, and that could be the play calling's fault. It could be his fault. It could be the defense being better. Whatever. Um, but that he was seems such like such a weird game, Zach. Uh, the, if you think about it, the, the Cincy game because they were on point with their connection before that game, and afterwards. They've been perfectly fine. It was just like that game, him and Stafford, like, I don't know if they, like, did something different in their routine, both of them, and they were just like, uh, but we haven't seen well, that since. So it's it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I was I, I just happened to listen. I always listen to, like, the first, like, 10 minutes of the Kelly Stafford podcast just to see if she mentions anything football-related. And she did bring kind of that up, how, like, Stafford hates primetime games. Like, he hates primetime games uh, just because it just feels like it puts you out of whack. Um, and he much prefers the one o'clock, the one o'clock game. So maybe that just has something to do with it. It was primetime. One of them, both of them were out of whack, things like that. But just, just I wonder kind of what our win rate with Stafford is on primetime versus uh regular. We'll find that out and put that on the next episode. Um, all right. So we talked about our offense offense was like I said, bad first half, great second half. Uh, the only thing that I'll note is, um, it seemed like the offensive line and kind of what I heard from, uh, Havenstein and, uh, even some of the comments that Sean McVay said was that the offensive line was kind of urging Sean McVay to, to try to run the ball a little bit just so that they never, when, as as far as I understand, when you're when you're an offensive lineman, yes, it's a lot more work to try to push a gap open so that the so that the running back has somewhere to room run. But when you when you're trying to come back, you're like you're now trying to like push yourself back and kind of putting yourself a little off balance when you're trying to pass protect. Um, and so they like the opportunity to be able to kind of like push their will on the defense instead of having to kind of jump back and now protect uh stafford mm-hmm. just just found that interesting uh yeah and uh coming in uh to replace that right guard uh the former stiller yeah dotson fantastic game i thought i'm gonna be honest that he looks better than no nope, no nope, boom a lot better 
I think so. And, I, you know, I think we kind of have found our set and I don't think the Rams are going to go away with it unless unless something happens. I do think that the the set that we saw this week is going to be the set that we're going to see um, against the Steelers. Um, it's a good group. It's a it's a group that's that's performing well. Um, they need to give Stafford two more seconds. They need to give him a little bit more time. Um, but if they can give that this 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 offensive line is is there. Um, I definitely think that in the draft next year, they're going to look at another offensive lineman. Um, I could see them looking specifically at that left tackle, not saying anything about um, Jackson, but I still think that might be their weak link and that they they're going to want to try to tighten that spot up. Let's talk about the defense. You yep. want to talk about them? Uh, yeah. Uh, this defense uh, held the Cardinals to a big fat zero in the uh, second half and held them to all field goals. Uh, third down. Zach, uh, especially in the first half, they were atrocious on third down. They let a lot of long third downs uh, contain we have seen this now like three or four weeks in a row with mobile QBs. This D line pushes up the field and cannot keep contained. Um, I don't think a lot of it's Byron Young. I think a lot of it is uh, your your pal, Michael Hoyt. And um, just, man, he's he's not it. I, I We say that every week, but not it and uh they they need to try to address that because it's, to, we're, we're getting gashed by joshua dobbs on the ground <laughs> yeah i mean there's not a whole lot you can do especially when your two running backs go down and now you have to try to replace them and you have to use some of your cap debt to to replace that so um i kind of see us i really do kind of see us um kind of sticking it out with what we got now i will say um, yeah, so your, your observation is spot on. Our Rams defense is not good against mobile QBs. Um, we're kind of getting into a little bit of break of that. We, we had a hard road, uh, when we, when you had Anthony Richardson, uh, then followed by Jalen Hurts and then followed by, uh, Joshua Dobbs, like these, and you know, it's hard. It, it's hard on them. Um, they don't like it. That's I think the they, they know that. It is, but I think that's the current weakness of the Rams is the mobile quarterback. Um, so I think you're gonna you're gonna get a break this week. Um, Kenny Pickett is not as mobile um, as uh, as the other ones have been. Um, I think he's only ran for twelve <laughs> yards total. Honestly, um, Zach, uh, I think if you're fantasy, I would pick up the Rams defense against this Pittsburgh offense. I kind of saw that. I'm, I'm always nervous. I always feel like the Rams always do bad when I put like Stafford or, um, you know, the Rams defense in. I, I always hate to jinx myself on that, but I don't disagree. I think like it, they could be, they could do really well against it. Um, but yeah. we'll see. And we'll talk about it in a few seconds. But I mean, if you, if you kind of, I mean, you look at it, we got the Steelers, we got the Cowboys, we got the Packers. Like, we're not going to get away too much before we get kind of mobile quarterbacks back again. But, yeah, the Rams got to do something about that. I mean, 
it feels like it's been two years that the Rams just do terrible at third and longs. Like they just always seem to give it up when it's past, you know, when it's longer than third and 10, they always seem to be able to blow it. And it's just getting kind of frustrating. So historically, especially with Raheem Morris, we always have like 12 yard zones. And when there's 10 yards to go this year, it's been blitzing on third down because we can't get pressure, and I, now he feels like he has to blitz, and uh, you have like an open man, or like you have a linebacker on a running back, or something like that, and uh, like you have Michael Hoyt on the tight ends, like, and we're giving up their downs uh, to tight ends people that haven't heard of, like, yeah, it's. It's a little, it's a little rough uh, out there when you have Michael Hoyt covering people in coverage. So, yeah, because you want uh, blitz. But our defensive line did really well, especially without Bobby yeah. Brown being in there. Uh, Turner came in, and he everything seemed to flow pretty well. I Good. mean, yes, I don't, I would, when I say our defense was, uh, you know, fully electric, they they allowed the the Cardinals kind of to run down the field, but again, they never broke. Um, you know, I know nope. Rams fans are kind of tired of the Ben not break, uh, but they never broke. They kept him to three field goals the first half and then shut him out completely in the second half. So um, this defense is not a bad defense. Uh, nope. They're continuing on that Ben not break mentality because they don't have the elites in every single spot. Um, this team is good enough. This defense is good enough to beat any team. We've seen yep. it. Um, when you can keep the Eagles to under 20 points, that should have meant that we could have won that game. Offense couldn't handle it. Um, again, they, they're the only team to really match well against the 49ers. Um, you know, we saw the 49ers outside of the Browns. Um, but the Browns also have an electric defense. So it's, it's, it's something that you're just going to look this, this team can only get better. I mean, you know, outside of this year, like this defense can only get better from where they're at right now. Their rookies are doing really well for rookies. They are not – this defense isn't going to be electric at all this year. You're not going to get a lot of turnovers. You're not going to get a lot of flashy plays. You're not going to get a bunch of pick sixes. But this defense will force field goals in games and this defense will contain electric offenses to the point of giving the team the ability to be in games. Now, it, Jordan Rodriguez puts it uh, very well. Uh, they're a complimentary. This defense isn't meant to be electric. They didn't build it for that. It, they don't have the personnel for that. It is meant to go along with the offense that is top 10. And I think this defense could get into that uh, edge of top 10, potentially if these rookies come along even more. Uh, But yeah, like I think people have weirdly like hated on this defense and I thought they've been good, especially considering uh, all the new players in the secondary, we lost our best cornerback and we're in top five for allowing wide receiver yardage think about that and you guys you guys constantly tell me how terrible darion kendrick is but yet 
we're in the bottom five for allowed yardage for wide receivers. Sure, but that I don't think that includes the penalties that again, I'm gonna go on the penalty part of it. And I think that's where we're that's where he's has the biggest mistakes is he's causing a lot of penalties, um, which puts us in bad spots. But uh but let's let's congratulate um Rose Boom got us an interception. Um, that was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. that definitely turned the tide because I believe that was in the was that in the red zone? Was in the it was, it was in the red zone and they we were up by eight points, so it was still a one score game, technically. Yeah, so it was that was awesome. Um, we had two two official sacks on him, uh, Jonah Williams, um, and Byron Young both got a sack, um, bunch of tackles for loss, six of them, I believe. Um, uh, let's see why can I not find Aaron Donald on my sheet? Um, he had five total tackles, um, three solo, three tackles for loss. Um, so Aaron Donald was finally being Aaron Donald this game, pushing, putting the pressure on. He was chasing Dobbs around and he was having, when Aaron Donald's having a hard time trying to chase, chase Joshua down uh, Dobbs, um, you know, you know, you're, you're in some problems, but, um, did really well. Uh, we did see a little bit of Trey Tomlinson in there. Duke Shelley came in to play it towards the end. Um, so just some just some observations that I saw there. Uh, we did get the forced fumble. Uh, uh, it was kind of a combination of things, but um, uh, Yeast was the one who came out with it. Turner was very close and could have also came out with it. I, I was listening to – he did a thing with J.B. Long, and when he saw the ball, he was hoping he, – he thought he was going to go score a touchdown. He thought he was going to scoop and score. Um, and he, he said Yeast just kind of like ran into him too. And they both kind of landed on the ball and Yeast came out with it fully, but um, just kind of a fun story mm-hmm. for that. Um, so, yeah. So as far as the defense goes, they played well, obviously when they're consistently put back on the field, especially in the first half, they just kept kind of being brought back out Um you're going to get some, you're going to get some more, uh, some soreness. You're going to get some wear on that defense. and It's going to cause a little bit more errors. Um, so I think that's what we're seeing on that. Um, anything else you want to add about the defense before we briefly talk about the special teams? Uh, no, no. I mean, good, good effort by team when you only allow field goals against a very, um, I wouldn't say great Cardinals team, but they, they have a lot of spunk. They have a lot of fight. Like that is not a team that has laid over for anyone last four or five weeks. And honestly, they should be like, they should have three wins uh, realistically. They were close in almost every one of their games outside of ours and maybe another one. 49ers. Uh, 49ers. Yeah. Uh, The other ones, like you said, they were, they were very close and then they beat the Cowboys. So um, we'll see how we can do uh, go up against them here in two weeks. Um, special teams, um, fine, not great. Uh, Austin Trummel, our punt returner. Um, great return. He had a couple of great that. returns. But and, then and a fumble. A fumble. I mean, that was a nasty hit. Um, I think it was unlucky because it looked like one of our, I think it was a backup linebacker. His knee was like up in the air and Trammell like tried to hurdle a Cardinal as he was on the ground and like his knee kind of accidentally hit the ball. That's what it looked like to me. Maybe you saw it there. Yeah, it was, it was just, I mean, I think it was just a four, it was, 
it was hard to watch. I mean, he like like you said, he kind of was like tripped over and like jumped over, however, however you want, and it just he got tackled in the air, and it was a bad thing. But I don't I don't think it's necessarily. I mean, it is obviously his fault, but it wasn't one of those ones where like he caught it and was tackled and dropped it. Like he was like in air when yeah. he was hit. Um, he's uh, been a good returner. I don't think he's electric, but man, uh, I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to go through what we went through in early 21 until we finally found Powell, right? Like that was atrocious. When we had cup back there consistently being the punt returner, I'm like, I don't, why is, why is like Skoranek not back there? Like, I mean, I know he's kind of up towards the front of the special teams, making sure everything is going fine and kind of like last man um, scenario. But yeah, it's just one of those things that's weird. Uh, I love cup, but he, he's a terrible returner. Well, I just don't want I just don't want to see him get injured. Uh, that was more my concern is that he was going to get te- like beat to death by these special teams people. Um, Maher, he lived another day. Um, he got four for four. Um, longest he's good, was guys. Like, I don't know what people want more. Like he's he had one that was kind of wonky kick, um, which looked like it could have almost missed um he's he's a wonky kicker i mean he's he's, he's, he's not a, great but I mean, but i think he's one of those he's going to be one of those people like you're never really going to want to ex- you'd never really want him to be the one to decide the game winner um you know he's no nope. he's, he's not going to give you that 50 53 56 but he he does he can hit 50 yarders he can just extremely unpredictable kicker i think that's what you're trying to say he is not consistent which is not consistent with this team and it seems like if he's in the 40s he's pretty good if he's in the 30s he's not so great um which is just kind of bizarre um but and he got his two extra points so we'll we'll give him to that um, Ethan Evans is being a monster like he is. Sign that guy to a contract for life. He's, he, um, he's good. Need still need a little bit of hang time. Yes, but he's learning. He's getting better, and you notice over like especially from like three games ago, his hang time is a lot better. Yeah, I mean he's getting it into the right spot. It's just getting there too fast, like you said. Yes, he needs his hang time. Needs to be up a little bit. Um, so that kind of roughs up that game. I think, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, if you go look at the PFF scores, the Rams were in the top of a bunch of different position types, QB, uh, Matthew Stafford had 90, which was first among QBs. Um, Kyron Williams was third amongst running backs, Cooper Sup, second among wide receivers, Kevin Dotson, second among O-linemen. Um, Byron Young, third among edge rushers. Um, obviously, Aaron Donald, second amongst defensive tackles. Kobe Durant, sixth amongst cornerbacks. So all really doing really well. Um, so I'm really happy about that. Yeah. Uh, this team is it's good. It's a good team. It is good. It is. Um, we can kind of cap the preview. Of the, we could preview the Steelers real quick. I mean – uh, the Steelers are a three and two team. Uh, they're going to be playing back at week. They're going to be playing for the third week in a row in SoFi Stadium. Um, and and uh, yeah, I mean this this team's led by Kenny Pickett. 
95 for 159 uh, attempts to completions, uh, completions to attempts, um, 1,027 yards, five touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, the rushing game isn't really strong. Uh, Najee Harris, 63 carries for 247 yards. Um, and then George Pickens, their, their star receiver, 22 receptions, 393 yards and two touchdowns. He's, he's good. I mean, I think, I think Pickens is a fantastic wide receiver. Pickett has not been good, not been good. Um, not using the weapons he has. Um, and I like the Steelers offensive weapons. I think Najee Harris is a solid back. Uh, Fryermuth is a good tight end. He, he hasn't been used this year at all. And then uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, I believe his name, their second wide receiver. He's a good veteran that's been kind of underutilized. Like Pickett has been struggling to read defenses. So I'll be interested to see kind of how Raheem Morris approaches this uh, Steelers offense because we may not have – so their O-line is good. Uh, we may not have to rush to get pressure just because they're not running the ball consistently. So they're going to be dropping back more. Uh be interesting to see. I think the big matchup that will decide this game, Zach, is our offense versus their defense. Their defense is electric. I would say probably the third best defense in the league. Uh, behind Cleveland and the 49ers. Uh, I really, really like the Steelers defense. A really good pair of safeties up there uh, with Fitzpatrick. I can't think of the name. I'm terrible with names, guys. Uh, but really, really loaded up on linebackers and free agency. Um, and then you got TJ Watt. He's he's a monster. He's going to be a handful Uh yeah, and like Cam Cam Howard, I, I think I'm mispronouncing that name. Again, I'm a faces person, uh, but uh, a really good D line. And uh, Zach, our offense, offensive line, we, we got to make sure the running game is going. It's going to be a challenge with a lot of backup running backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we can just get some production and not be predictable with the pass, uh, their DBs are good, so uh, I think Tutu's gonna probably get a little bit more use. Uh, I they've been gashed this year, uh, especially by other teams, uh, in the air. So like it's weird. I I think their defense is better than the stats kind of show on paper uh, when it comes yeah. to air yards. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, coming from a Bengals family, I hate the Steelers. Uh, That's just, even though I'm an LA Rams fan, like that's just like the thing that they breathed into me. Like, you know, I don't have to be a Bengals fan, but I can't ever be a Steelers fan. Um, And yeah, I'm kind of looking at some of these stats Uh, as far as yards allowed. um, The Steelers have 409 yards allowed compared to the Rams 341. So our defense kind of looks a little bit better than theirs as far as the, you know, that stat range goes. Um, we will not have to deal with Deontay Johnson. He's on IR. Um, so he will not be there for them. Um, nor were their offensive tackle, Dan Moore. Uh, well, he's questionable. He's, I, I think you also have to take into account that we played 
really possession heavy teams like the Bengals with Burrow here were yeah. possession. They're trying to run out the clock. They weren't trying to get yards. Same thing with the Eagles and same thing with 49ers. So there's, yeah, you, uh, our defense has, a uh, let up less yards. Uh, but you know, that was kind of by design for most of the teams we faced this year. Sure. Um, oh, and a Rob, is on the Steelers, so we'll get to uh, we'll get to see him in black and yellow. Who? A Rob. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, hey, I, uh, I I liked the signing last year, and I think it's a good signing for Steelers. He he's a solid wide receiver three, but he hasn't done much. But I mean, this is going to be a tough team. I mean, the AFC North is kind of this weird, tough kind of tough division. Um, Baltimore's leading at four and two, but the Steelers beat Baltimore. Um, and then they also beat Cleveland. Um, and Cleveland beat the 49ers. So, you know, it's like you kind of go down this whole rabbit hole of the possibilities. Uh, but they're a three and two team. We're a three and three team. Um, this is going to be a, it's going to be a hard fought match. This is a game again. The Rams should win this one just based on talent alone. Um, but, Anything is ha- anything can happen. So, um, any final bits about this game? I I mean, it's going to be their defense versus our offense. If our offense scores points, gets touchdowns, we're going to win this game. I think we it. I think we have to get above eighteen points. I think our defense can keep them below like sixteen points. Uh, but, sure. you know, we, we're going to have to score touchdowns this game, and it's not going to be easy against this D-line. Uh, well, I really do think that's going to cause us a lot of issues. I think so, too. And, it's like, again, you know, we don't want to rehash, but if you don't, you got to run the ball sometimes. I don't care. It doesn't have to be a, a, an even split, but, like, I just want to see us not get give up on that, even though we have our two – RB1 and RB2 um, are out. Um, just that's I just why was... I wish we would do more play action uh, after runs and stuff like that to start forcing defense to think about the potential play action off of a run. And True, that, I, I that agree. can lighten the box a little bit too. I want to. I just want to see Matthew Stafford like move a little bit more. Like I know he's a pocket thrower, but like he looks more fit. He looks slimmer. He looks like he should be able to be a little bit more agile. And we've seen it here and there. He's gotten some rushing yards, but. I want to see a little bit more um, of the play action. I want to see those things, but that just may be where we're at at this moment. I kn- uh, I think he hates play action, so you know, got to cater to him. That's true. He is our Super Bowl quarterback, so in Stafford, we should trust. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who listens to this podcast. We're growing by the numbers each and every week, and it's only because of you guys why we continue to do this. If you guys have feedback for us, please leave it down in the comments below. Leave a review on Spotify, um, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever you listen to us, please do that. Please make sure you subscribe to that podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or whether it's on YouTube. We're trying to really boost those numbers on YouTube. Uh, Once we hit 100 subscribers, I'm going to do a giveaway for one of our ECR t-shirts. So please be on the lookout for that. 
but you can also find us on all types of social media. You can find us on X at East Coast Rams is our main one. You can find us on our personal ones at Zach Mayer for me at Ram Fan Ashton one for Ashton. Um, you can find us on uh, Instagram. You can find us on threads. You can find us pretty much everywhere. Uh, so please, please, please continue to do that. Uh, our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash at East Coast Rams. Um, much appreciate everybody again for listening. Um, we hope for another Rams victory. We want to have another fun, enthusiastic podcast for you guys next week. Um, maybe we'll try to find a guest. Maybe we'll see. Um, but yeah, guys, let's, let's get it done on Sunday. Let's get another victory. Um, yeah. And everyone have a great rest of the week. All right. Whose house? Rams house. Rams house.